Assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, we had us a glorious weekend of football. But before we get into that, I did want to let y'all know that I just dropped a new music video for my uh, single, Hurt Feelings, which you can check out on my YouTube channel, youtube.com, at Katie Trop. <clears throat> or on my website, katietrop.net, where you can also find Sports Talk with Trop's preferred sports books. Just hit the uh, Sports Talk with Trop tab. At the top, you will see a banner that says uh, Sports Talk with Trop's preferred sports books. Click on there, and you will see a selection of sports books that you can sign up for in participating states, of course. Uh, so uh, if you want to gamble your life away, you can find all of that on my website. So let's get into uh, week 17 of the NFL. Like I said, we had us an interesting weekend. I am ecstatic, of course, because uh, some surprising things have taken place for my Dallas Cowboys. So let's first start with Saturday's game between the Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, My Cowboys eked out a close one. This was one of the craziest games I've ever seen as a Cowboys fan in quite some time. Uh, The Cowboys were able to get the win 20-19. to Um, of course, there was this uh, controversial play at the end of the game. Uh, basically, the Lions drove all the way down to the field uh, to uh, score a touchdown and uh, to, to get within a point of uh, tying the game up. So they could have either kicked the field goal, tied the game up, gone into overtime, or they were going to go for the two-point conversion. They opted to go for the two-point conversion. So it uh, looks like they, they convert the two-point conversion, but turns out uh, they had a penalty in which uh, the the guy who uh, who caught the ball apparently did not uh, let the officials know that he was um, legally able to um, to catch the ball. That's what you're supposed to do before the play. Um, of course, everybody's bitching and complaining about it, even though there's uh, multiple plays you can actually roll back on and uh, see actually on the last Cowboys drive where they could have just ran the clock out. Um, they, they got called for a bullshit penalty as well, uh, where they got called for tripping when it was actually the defensive player, the Lions player who tripped and it shouldn't have even come down to that. So I digress, but you all know me, whether it's my team or other teams, I can't stand you fucking whiny ass crybabies who bitch and complain about, Oh man, the refs did this. Uh, Jared Goff threw two interceptions. How about you get mad at that? Oh gee. Also there in the first quarter, Dan Campbell opted to go for it on a fourth and goal play and the Cowboys defense held it down. So he left three points on the board right there so why don't you get mad at your little fucking bitch ass team instead of uh the officials even though yeah it was a controversial call but guess what you shouldn't let it come down to that um and neither should the cowboys cowboys had their their mistakes as well that pissed me off and had they lost that's what i would have pointed to but outside of mistakes let's talk about cd lamb the dude had the greatest game of his career. He had 227 yards and a touchdown, and the touchdown was fucking awesome from Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. These are the type of plays that are usually had against the Cowboys. Well, Dak's about to get sacked in the end zone for a safety. He's able to get out of it, just bombs this to CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee catches the ball, goes for a 92-yard touchdown, and it was just fucking amazing to see. 
Um, and then it was just uh, the defense really stepped it up. And it really was a hard-fought battle between two really good teams. The defense finally stepped it up as well with a couple of uh, interceptions. And, uh, you know, they, they actually played a pretty solid game and uh, did get the win by a point. Uh, Dak Prescott had 345 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. And uh, I was pretty stoked on that. I was going nuts all night because, like I said, this game was very tenacious all the way till the end. But, uh, hey, Cowboys got the win, and Detroit is crying as they normally do. Moving on to Sunday's games. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this turned out to be a very surprising game because the Steelers, uh, not only did they score 30 points, but they dominated this game from start to finish. They did get the win 30-23. to 23. Uh, Najee Harris finally had a, had a game. He had 122 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, it just was an all-around uh, solid game from the Steelers. Also of note, once again, Mike Tomlin is not going to have a losing season. Right now, the Steelers are 9-7 and seven on the season, which means they are going to finish above 500. No matter what, they are in line for a playoff position as well, depending on how things work out uh, next week. But uh, to all you crybaby-ass Steelers fans who were wanting Mike Tomlin to be fired, the dude has still, still, I believe this is his 17th year as the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers coach, something crazy like that, and he has still never had a losing season for y'all. So uh, if you are one of those losers who think Mike Tomlin needs to go, you should probably check yourself before you wreck yourself because you're fucking stupid. But congrats to Mike Tomlin. This, this team is terrible, but yet they are still in line for the playoffs. How crazy is that? Uh, then we had the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. This actually shockingly turned out to be a much closer game than anticipated. Uh, the Patriots actually came right out the gate and uh, ran a kickoff back for a touchdown. Uh, the first play of the game, but uh, then, of course, in true uh, New England Patriots fashion this year, they just threw nothing but interceptions. Bailey Zappi actually had three interceptions in this game, which is what really helped the Bills get this win 27-21. to um, They really didn't dominate at all, and so uh, a lot of people keep saying, oh, this Bills team, you don't want to face them. Well, they really haven't had these last couple of games. They just haven't looked that good. Um, they do have a shot at winning their division this weekend, which is pretty crazy, but um, uh, they didn't win in convincing fashion against a terrible-ass Patriots team. Then we had the Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears, and uh, Justin Fields, uh, if this is his last game as a Chicago Bear, he went out on a note. This guy had probably one of the greatest games he's had of his short career. Um, he had 200, 268 yards through the air and a touchdown. Um, he also had a, a rushing touchdown as well. So he just he just went out on a great note. Now, it, he did, he played so well yesterday that the crowd was even chanting his name. Um, now, th the Bears are actually in line for a really good draft position because the Carolina Panthers, um, they officially now have the first overall pick. And last year they traded uh, for the first overall pick. So their their pick this year goes to the Bears. And so the Bears will have the first overall pick. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Plus, they get their own pick. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like they should keep Fields and just see what he's all about because they really haven't put a good offensive line in front of him. They have given him no good weapons. They really haven't given him a chance. So in my opinion, I feel like you want to keep him, but uh, they're the Chicago Bears, and they're not really known uh, for making smart decisions. But they did have a fantastic game against the Falcons yesterday, and they got a huge win, 37-17. to 
Then we had the uh, Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts, and the Colts eked out a uh, win here, 23-20. to uh, Jonathan Taylor had a pretty solid game, 96 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, Devontae Adams had a huge game for the Raiders, uh, 126 yards and two touchdowns on the day. And uh, the Colts with that win, they uh, they keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, they got a big game upcoming this weekend because right now there is still a tie at the top for their division and also for a wild card spot. So uh, the, the Colts, they really needed this win, and uh, they got a big-ass game against the Texans coming up next week, and they're really going to need that win as well. Then we had the Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants, and uh, the Rams did not run away with this game like we expected them to. They just barely got the win, 26-25, to 25, and it was really all thanks to um, the Giants failing on a two-point conversion. Basically, Tyrod Taylor uh, threw too far behind Saquon Barkley, and they weren't able to convert, which really was kind of hilarious because Barkley was wide open and would have easily scored the two-point conversion, but it did, it did not work out for them. The Rams just got the win, 26-25. to 25. Uh, Kyron Williams had a huge game, 87 yards on the ground with three touchdowns. Puka Nakua had another big game, 118 yards. And uh, while the Rams' offense really uh, went off, it actually was quite shocking uh, that the Giants were able to keep it that close and uh, but they still lost in heartbreaking fashion, as has the Giant. That's basically how the Giants' season has been all season long. Then we had the uh, whew, the surprise of the day. I did not expect this to happen, but uh, it's uh, it's fantastic for my Dallas Cowboys, and that would be because we had the Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles were dominating this game in the first half. It looked like it was going to be what should happen in the Eagles-Cardinals game. Uh, the Eagles should just dominate, run away with it, and that's what it looked like. Well, the Cardinals stepped it up in the second half, and they got the win in Philadelphia, 35-31. to Kyler Murray had 232 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. James Conner, who scored the game-winning touchdown, had 128 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dorch, their receiver, had a huge play on the last drive for them to get the win in Philadelphia. And because of this, the Cowboys could win their division if they just beat the Commanders this weekend. I did not think that was going to happen. I was, I've already told y'all, I expected the Eagles to win the division uh, like a couple months ago. I knew the Cowboys were still in line for it, but I just, you know, I just don't expect it. And now this weekend, if the Cowboys win, they win the division and the number two overall seed. How fucking fantastic is that? So uh, thanks to the Eagles falling apart towards the end of the season, uh, they just look terrible on defense. Uh, you could just tell they, they, they're not playing with confidence in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you can see the frustration on the sideline, and you could just tell that they're not feeling it. They look like a team who is just actually ready for the season to be over, and uh, while I said I, uh, on the last episode, even though the Eagles are struggling, I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the Super Bowl. This team, it, they're just bad. They are just not good in any way, shape, or form, and that puts a fucking smile on my face. Then we had the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, the Saints smashed the Buccaneers. It was it's this final score is twenty three to thirteen, but that's because the Bucks just had uh, a couple of uh, trash can garbage time uh, points in the fourth quarter. Um, Baker Mayfield did have a pretty solid day, three hundred nine yards, two touchdowns, but he did have two interceptions as well. 
Um, but it was really all about the Saints. The Saints just really blew them out offensively. David Carr had a fantastic day. Hell, he even had this bomb pass to, to Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is usually a quarterback for them, or sometimes he'll play uh, uh, like a, a running back type position. But for the most part, he ain't no receiver in any way, shape, or form. Well, he just had this amazing play yesterday for a touchdown. And uh, the Saints still in line for the playoffs, as are the Buccaneers. Both teams are 8-8. Eight and eight. They could win their division and potentially get one of the last wild card spots. But uh, not a good showing for Tampa, but a big showing for the Saints. And honestly, it's what I expected out of these two. They're both so Jekyll and Hyde. They're both so up and down. <clears throat> it's not surprising that the Saints were able to do this against the Buccaneers. Then we had the San Francisco 49ers at the Washington Commanders. Uh, the Commanders made this an interesting game in the first half, but then the Niners were like, uh, no, thank you. We're going to go ahead and uh, just kick your ass. And uh, that's what the Niners did. They got right back on track in this one. They got the win 27-10. to 10. Brock Purdy got right back on track as well, 230 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so for all y'all last week who were really upset and worried about him, I told you you did not need to do that because uh, that was one fucking game. But you uh, just let his career start to unfold, and we'll see what happens. But uh, overall, Purdy's season has been fantastic, and uh, it showed yesterday. Uh, their running back, Elijah Mitchell, had 80 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk had 114 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel also had a touchdown. Only uh, point of concern for the Niners would be uh, Christian McCaffrey left the game with a uh, with a calf issue. He's a running back. He, that it, let's see if that lingers. Now, lucky for them, they did seal uh, the number one spot, so they're definitely going to. Uh, they don't have to play anybody next week, so I expect McCaffrey to miss next week's game um, against the Rams because they really have nothing to play for. Um, and then they will have the bye week because they are the number one seed. And so we'll see if he's able to, to recover. But if we don't have a healthy Christian McCaffrey, I think that's uh, not a good sign for the San Francisco 49ers because, in my opinion, he is their MVP. He is their best player, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, not that they couldn't win without him, uh, but uh, that definitely changes the way we look at this offense. And it actually just takes a, a huge portion of their offense out of there but right now they are the number one overall seed and it doesn't look like it's a a major injury to him so it, it could just be one of those little things but it's also a calf and it could be end up being a lingering thing throughout the rest of the playoffs and who knows if it lingers it could end up being a, a legit injury <clears throat> potentially down the road uh, then we had the Carolina Panthers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars dominated 26 to nothing. Trevor Lawrence didn't even play. Um, the most interesting aspect of this game is um, the Carolina Panthers owner, David Tepper. Now, everybody's saying allegedly in this. No, when you watch the video, there is no alleged in this. Um, he absolutely did what he's being accused of, and this is just despicable from an owner of a national football team. I don't think I've ever seen anything as childish and stupid as what I saw their owner do. But basically, um, so this game was in Jacksonville. Um, and it's been a, a trying season. Actually, uh, throughout David Tepper's, uh, he, he's, he, he took over the team. He bought the team a couple years ago. So I, I can't remember what year this is that he's in it. But I know the last two seasons have just been terrible for the Panthers. And yeah. That, uh, that sucks. You want your team to win. Um, go ask Jerry Jones how much it sucks when the, the Cowboys don't win. 
and he's seen his team win three Super Bowls. But uh, but still, it's it sucks. Why don't you go ask every owner? Why don't you go ask uh, the Detroit Lions owners what, what it's like, or the Cleveland Browns owners? You know, there's there's a lot of New York Jets owners. How about that? You don't think they want to win? The, and also, they've had very frustrating times. There's lots of teams in the league. As a matter of fact, every team in the league has frustrating times. Um, and especially when you just take over the team, and and they're pretty terrible. So, um, anyways, the Carolina Panthers, not only did they get their asses smashed yesterday, but... Uh, it's confirmed they are now the number one overall pick. Like I said, that's going to the Chicago Bears. Panthers already fired the coach a couple weeks ago. Um, he It was his first year as the coach, but uh, I digress. This is what the stupid owner of the Panthers did yesterday. He's in, his bo- he's in his box, and he throws a drink at a Jaguar. He doesn't have a, it doesn't look like he purposely has like a fan that he's specifically throwing the drink at. He, he may as well, he might just be very well just throwing the drink out of, oh God, I'm fucking pissed. My team's terrible. Uh, but basically when he threw the drink, it did hit Jaguars fans. And uh, then he stormed out of his, um, his booth like a big old fucking baby. And then a Jaguars fan who got hit with the drink actually kind of turns around and looks over. And that, that was really the end of it. <clears throat> But if a, um, if a football player on the field or a coach or anybody else of prominence on the team did such a stupid thing, I mean, hell, the, the Eagles security guy uh, a, a month ago when he got into it with one of the 49ers players on, on the sideline, we all thought that was stupid and despicable of him as well. And he is no longer allowed on the sidelines, at least for the rest of the season. Um, and I'm not suggesting that uh, we take the team away or anything from Tepper, but Jesus Christ, that was, you're acting like a fucking baby. And like I said, I've never seen any owner act like that. And uh, he didn't apologize. He didn't acknowledge it. And yes, I understand you're frustrated. Your team sucks, but uh, you looked like a big fucking baby. And I've never seen an owner do that. And you know what? This is your own fault, dude. You you even said everybody was in agreement with uh, drafting Bryce Young. And guess what? It's not his own fault. There's a lot of problems with your team that you need to take care of, and that's uh, what happens when you own an NFL team. There's ups and downs, and it takes time to fix some of those downs. It doesn't just happen at the snap of your fingers. I know uh, we live in this day and age where everybody wants everything to happen overnight. Well, guess what? That's not the way it works, especially in the NFL, you dumb fuck. Uh, so that was just, that was really, unfortunately, the story of that game uh, because that was just ridiculous. And like I said, I've never seen an owner of all things, act like such a baby and throw a drink at fans. Then we had the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens, which, uh, wow, the Ravens, could they dominate anymore? They smashed the Dolphins 56 to 19. Now, the first quarter made it look like it was going to be a game. And then in the second quarter, the Ravens are like, nah, we're going to go off and score 21 points. And then in the fourth quarter, they scored 21 more points, and it was just, it was not close. I mean, the Ravens' defense had multiple turnovers. Lamar Jackson not only had the greatest game of the season, but had one of the greatest games of his career. He had 321 yards and five touchdowns on the day. I think he sealed the, uh, sealed the deal for the MVP of the league in that one. I mean... First, a dominating performance last week against the Niners, who are an excellent team. And now against the Dolphins, who I wouldn't call an excellent team, but they're a playoff-bound team. They're technically the number two seed right now in the AFC. So um, just the way the Ravens are just murdering everybody at this point, everybody in the league should be on notice that this is obviously the Super Bowl favorite. Now, I will say, 
in the Lamar Jackson era, the Ravens have been known to choke in the playoffs. I don't think that's the case this year just because uh, usually it's because Lamar Jackson's been injured, but I, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. But this team, they look really damn good in every way, shape, and form. And uh, once again, they smashed yet another good team and uh, also <clears throat> sealed the deal as the number one seed in the AFC. Then we had the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud came back. He had 213 yards and a touchdown, and it was all Texans all day. They smashed the Titans 26-3. Their defense had a huge day. Their offense had a huge day, and uh, it just wasn't even close. And uh, the Titans season just keeps dwindling. I mean, they are out of playoff contention, so who really cares? But uh, they did not show up at all. Then we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Broncos had a pretty solid game. They got the win 16-9. Jared Stidham, uh, he, of course, was the quarterback this week. He had 224 yards and a touchdown. And uh, the Chargers just looked more and more pathetic. Uh, they had turnovers, and uh, it just was not a good game at all for them. And the Broncos, they just, you know, treaded water, as they normally do. And uh, it, they, unfortunately for them, even though they won, uh, because of the way the things happened yesterday with certain wins and losses, they are now officially out of the playoff race. Then we had the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, even though the Chiefs won 25-17, to this was a terrible game from the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles are in the same boat to me. They are not good teams. Uh, they are, the Chiefs are just terrible. I mean, they got in the red zone, what, four times yesterday? And every single time, they had to settle for field goals. This team is just terrible offensively. They dropped more passes yet again yesterday. And hell, even Mahomes, you could just tell that uh, he's not even, you know, doing the things he's normally doing with all the magic and all the, the crazy plays that we're, we're used to seeing. He's even, you know, ha throwing some really stupid passes and just not making really good plays. So even though they got the win and hell, they won their division yet again, I think it's the eighth season in a row that they've won their division. It was not in convincing fashion. As a matter of fact, if the Bengals had Joe Burrow as their starting quarterback yesterday, I'm pretty sure the Bengals would have stomped their asses. It wouldn't have even been close because the Chiefs just could not do anything. Now, defensively, they look pretty solid. Um, but uh, offensively, they are so ineffective. They are so terrible, and uh, I'm pretty sure this team's going to get knocked out first round in the playoffs. And then the Sunday night football game was uh, the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings, and the Packers just straight-up dominated the Vikings from start to finish, 33-10. to Jordan Love had a phenomenal game, 256 yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones uh, is back from injury. This is his second game, I believe, back from injury. He had 120 yards. And uh, then out of nowhere, wide receiver Melton had 105 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Packers still keep their playoff hopes alive. And believe it or not, the Vikings' playoff hopes are still alive. Uh, so speaking of the playoffs, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the playoff picture. It's pretty much set. There's only a couple of spots left in each each conference. So let's start with the AFC. Number one overall seed is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. They have clinched that spot and their division um, as of yesterday. Uh, number two spot right now is going to the Miami Dolphins. They have clinched a spot in the playoffs, but not their division. Their division is up for grabs this weekend against the Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, the number three seed, the Kansas City Chiefs, not only have they won their division, but they are secured as the number three seed in the uh, in the playoffs. And then the number four seed right now is the Jacksonville Jaguars at nine and seven. Number five seed is the Cleveland Browns. They are locked in for a playoff position. Number six seed is the Buffalo Bills. And then the number seven seed right now, the Indianapolis Colts at nine and seven. And then on the playoff, or on the uh, outskirts looking in, we have the Houston Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers both at nine and seven. Uh, so basically right now, AFC South still up for grabs between the Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts, and the Houston Texans. So any one of them could win the division, plus any one of them could sneak in for that wild card spot. Um, and this weekend, we do have the uh, Colts versus the Texans, so that's going to play a huge part into what happens there. And then, um, of course, like I said, uh, the... Um, the AFC North is still up for grabs between the Dolphins and the Bills. They will be playing uh, for the division as, as well. But e even with a loss, I feel like both of those teams are going to be, well, the Dolphins have clinched the spot. Uh, but I feel like even if the Bills lose, they're definitely going to get one of those last playoff spots. And then the Steelers, they're still there. but uh, And they, they are playing the Ravens, who may possibly rest some players this week just because uh, they already locked in a spot. But, uh, you know, the Steelers haven't been that good. And this is a rivalry game, you know. Ravens may still step it up and at least play the first half. Who knows? So, and then we have on the NFC side, number one overall seed is San Francisco 49ers. Not only did they clinch a playoff spot, but they are now officially the number one overall seed. Number two seed right now, my Dallas Cowboys. Uh, right now they are leading the division, and uh, all they need to do is win against the Commanders this weekend, and uh, they will... Uh, they will, they will secure that number two spot. Then the number three seed right now is the Detroit Lions. They have not only won their division, but they've also clinched a playoff spot, and they are guaranteed that number three spot. And then the number four seed right now is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at eight and eight. Number five seed is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they have clinched a playoff spot. Number six seed, the Los Angeles Rams. They have clinched a playoff spot. And then the number seven seed is, is up for grabs right now. The Green Bay Packers have it at eight and eight. On the outside looking in right now, we have the Seattle Seahawks, New Orleans Saints at 8-8, eight and eight, and then the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons at 7-9, and nine, uh, so that uh, the uh, NFC South is still up for grabs right now between the Buccaneers, the Saints, and the Falcons, and uh, that number seven spot is also up for grabs between um, all the teams mentioned, but... Uh, it's pretty much getting down to the nitty-gritty, and uh, that's how the playoff picture is looking right now uh, for the NFL. Moving on to the college football playoff, we have that today, uh, actually tonight, um, hook em horns, motherfucker. Of course, I've got all my Longhorns gear on, ready to uh, watch them finally play their first college football playoff game. Very excited about that. But let's start off with the first matchup, which is the Rose Bowl between number one Michigan versus number four Alabama. Right now, Michigan is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and uh, I just think, you know, Michigan's obviously been the best team overall this season. They're great on defense. Uh, they have a fantastic uh, ground attack, and uh, they've just been the best team overall um, straight from start to finish. There really is no weakness with this team. On the other hand, Alabama, uh, they did lose to my Longhorns earlier in the season, but that's been their only loss in the season. They've able, been able to... Uh, rattle off a whole bunch of wins against a whole bunch of good teams. Uh, so I'm expecting this to be a good game between two good teams, but I just feel like 
Michigan has been the team all season long. I don't see them falling short just yet, at least. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked to see them win at all because they've been that good. Um, but I, I do think this is going to be a lower scoring affair than most people would expect. I have Michigan winning 28 to 21 uh, just because I think their defense is much better. Um, and I just feel like, you know, they've been there for years. They haven't won a national championship yet. And I feel like this has been their year all season long. So I don't see them winning uh, right now. And I do see Michigan moving on to the national championship game. But I do expect today to, to be a good game. I just feel like Alabama's quarterback is not that good. He's not as good as quarterbacks as that, that they've had in the past. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I just feel like Michigan's the better team and, uh, their defense is going to take care of business and, uh, just have their, I, I wouldn't be shocked if their court, if Alabama's quarterback ends up throwing a couple of interceptions or has a fumble and Michigan's just able to take over and set their offense up in a good field position. So I have Michigan moving on to the national championship. Then we have number two, Washington versus number three, Texas Longhorns in the Sugar Bowl, uh, Texas right now is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, which, whoa, I could not believe it. I'm just I'm just uh, shocked that they're here. And then when I saw that, I was like, all right, we're even favored in this one. Of course, you know, I'm going with the Texas Longhorns. I ain't picking against my team in this one. I do think this is going to be uh, a shootout between two really good teams. Uh, but I think the Texas Longhorns' defense is going to give them a slight edge. Plus, I think their ground attack um, is a little bit better than Washington. So I feel like they're just going to put together a solid game and uh, I've got my Texas Longhorns winning 38-30 to and moving on to the national championship. So that makes my national championship Michigan versus Texas. So hook them, horns, motherfucker. Um, and speaking of teams in the college football playoff, you know, everybody was super, super upset that Florida State, undefeated Florida State, didn't get into the college football playoff. Um, well, this reason or this weekend, we were given 63 reasons why FSU did not belong in the college football playoff. Now, I know everybody's making up all the world's biggest excuses for this team this weekend because of this game, but I'm sorry. Um, FSU lost this weekend in their bowl game to Georgia, the number one team all season long up until the last week of the season because they lost in their uh, their uh, conference championship game <clears throat> to Alabama. Um, but uh, they smashed FSU this weekend, 63-3. to Now, everybody, of course, is saying, oh, this, this doesn't mean anything uh, because FSU didn't play their starters. Yeah, that's, that's what losers say. Um, first of all, they got smashed, 63-3, to okay? This is why they did not get invited to the college football playoff because guess what? If you're going to say, oh, my God, it's because all their backups were in because, yeah, the, the majority of their backups were in because most of their, their, their starters just ended up not playing. Well, guess what? Your quarterback was never playing, point blank. So uh, you would have had a backup in, and guess what? No matter who they would have played, Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas, any one of them would have smashed their asses, and that's what would have happened. And Georgia showed us what exactly would have happened. Oh, by the way, Georgia was missing some of their players too, some key players, because they're getting drafted next year, and they don't want to get hurt. So they weren't missing as many players as FSU, but they were still missing some of their key players. But everybody this week is like, oh, that doesn't prove anything. I'm like, dude, they lost 63-3. 63-3. 
That's pathetic. You didn't belong in the college football playoff. And that loss alone to a powerhouse team like Georgia, who uh, could also make an argument that they belong in the college football playoff. I mean, they only lost one game on the season to an actual legit squad, whereas FSU beat Louisville, who got their asses beat in a bowl game, 16-6. to So come on, FSU fans. I know you're upset, but uh, 63-3 to loss in a bowl game, that's pathetic. You're losers. You did not belong in the college football playoff, and that's why you did not make the college football playoff because you would have gotten smashed probably the same score if you would have gotten in to the college football playoff. Now, moving on to my top 10 NBA power rankings for the week. Um, not a whole lot of shakeups. We do have a little bit of just rearranging, uh, and we do have new uh, a new team we get to discuss this week, but not a whole lot going on here. Um, but we do have back at number one, the Boston Celtics. They are 26-6 and six on the season, and uh, they are currently on a six-game winning streak, 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. So they're just back to business and uh, smashing everybody's ass um, all the way through. They did have a scare this week against the Detroit Pistons, uh, but uh, they still have been winning. They continue to win. Hell, who would have thought? They are actually first in rebounds in the league right now. They're averaging uh, 47 uh, they're, it's 47% on the, the rebounds right now on the season. So uh, they're actually looking pretty good, not only on the offensive side of things, but also in the paint as well, which has kind of been an issue for them um, over the years. So we'll see if they're able to maintain that. But uh, obviously, Boston Celtics, uh, one of the best teams in the league this year. Then at number two, not falling far. I mean, it's just been pretty much rotating between these two um, at the top this season. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, overall record of 24-8. and eight. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. But, I mean, really, I couldn't uh, uh, dismiss Boston Celtics' uh, six-game winning streak. That's why they're ahead of the Bucks. That's pretty much what really separates the Bucks and the Celtics at this point is who's got the longest winning streak and who's really playing the best right now this current week. And this week it was the Celtics, but the Bucks still playing fantastic. Giannis is just having a monster year, averaging 31 points per game and 11 rebounds per game. And uh, he's just he's just having a monster year. And uh, the Bucks just overall are having a monster year, but the uh, it's all riding on the back of Giannis. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings, I have the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, overall record of 24-7. and seven. They have been the best team in the Western Conference all season, and it's crazy because they just haven't fallen off at all. 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, and it's just really been all about Rudy Gobert. Now, a lot of the, the rest of the team, they're playing great as well, but Gobert has been dominating in the paint. Defensively, he's been fantastic. Offensively, he's been fantastic. And uh, he's turning out to be exactly what they traded for and what they wanted when they traded for him. And this team is really putting it together and really playing well and uh, starting to look like a uh, they could make a, a big run and a real case uh, for be, possibly uh, being an NBA champion towards the end of the season. I know we got a lot of time to go, but uh, so far the Timberwolves have been the best Western Conference team so far. Then at number four on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Philadelphia 76ers, overall record of 22-10. and 10. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, and it's just been the Joel Embiid show all season long, averaging 35 points per game, 12 rebounds per game. Um, he's basically just doing what Giannis is doing, just dominating this game. Tyrese Maxey also having a fantastic year. Um, and the 76ers just really... Uh, putting it together, and uh, we'll see what happens as the season as the season wears on. They've been known to uh, uh, hit the injury bug um, once we hit the second half, but uh, so far they look really, really dominant. 
Then at number five on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Denver Nuggets, overall record of 23 and 11. <clears throat> They're 8 and 2 in their last 10 games. And just not only are they great this past week, but they've been great the past couple of weeks. Um, of course, Jokic having a fantastic season, uh, but now that they're they're getting healthy and getting guys back, they're really putting together, uh, they absolutely dominated this past week. They had a couple of games where they won by over 20 points, uh, so the Nuggets getting back into championship form. Then at number six on my top 10 in NBA power rankings, a team that I've had pretty much at 10 all season, but I feel like at this point, I got to keep moving them up now, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Overall record of 22-9, and 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Uh, this past week, they got some big, big wins against the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Denver Nuggets. And they weren't just big wins. They were dominating wins. Um, the Thunder, I, I've been expecting them to fall off. And I, I think there's still a part of me that is still expecting them to fall off, especially because there's always a team that starts out the season off real hot. And then once we get towards the second half of the season, they start to fall off. And that's kind of how I feel about the Thunder. But right now, they're beating legitimate teams. Um, like I said, the record's 22-9. and nine. They've been one of the best teams in the Western Conference. I mean, they're in the same division as, as the Timberwolves <clears throat> and the Nuggets. So uh, it's not like they're playing chump squads, but uh, they're getting some big wins, playing some great basketball, and uh, scoring a lot of points while they do it. Then at number seven on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the New Orleans Pelicans, overall record of 19 and 14. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. They also have had a great week. Uh, got a big win over my Lakers last night. And uh, they just keep really, they're just dominating <clears throat> in the paint with Zion. He's not scoring a whole lot of points, but he's making a big difference on the rebounds and uh, just on the on the defensive side of things. And uh, the Pelicans, they've been up and down all season, but right now they are on the, on the upside of things. Then at number eight on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Los Angeles Clippers. Overall record of 19 and 12. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. Um, they're a team that I still don't believe in, but they are on the upside of things. So <clears throat> I did have to put them in here, uh, but I just kind of feel like that's what we're going to expect from them all season long. Uh, just ups and downs. And uh, right now they're on the ups. Uh, they do lead the division currently at this point in time, but I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty close between all the teams in the, in the division right now. Uh, but uh, they are on top of it, and uh, they're playing good right now, so I had to put them in the top 10. Then at number 9 on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Sacramento Kings, overall record of 19-12. and 12. They are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Uh, the reason why they've just kind of dropped a, a little bit is because the last couple of weeks have not been too good for them, and then they just, in, in this past week, they had two really bad losses against the Portland Trailblazers and the Atlanta Hawks, two not really good teams that you would expect them to beat, and uh, they, they did not look good in either, either showing, so uh, we'll see what we get from the Kings, but uh, not a good week for them so far. And then rounding out the top 10 NBA power rankings of the Miami Heat, Overall record of 19 and 13. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. Shockingly, they are not doing well, or they're they're doing well, but it's not because of Jimmy Butler. That's usually who it's because. But Jimmy Butler's actually been uh, nursing a, an injury, I believe a calf injury, and uh, he just got back from it and just really hasn't gotten his feet under him. So usually we're used to the Heat having Jimmy Butler lead this team and uh, get the big wins. But right now, it's all about Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. Those guys are leading the force right now for uh, for the Heat. And they're just looking really, really good right now and uh, starting to get hot in uh, the Eastern Conference. And their division's pretty weak. So um, the I, I just kind of feel like it, it's not going to take much for them to win their division because they just, mm, you know, they have the magic in there. And the magic started off the season 
looking really solid, but uh, Magic have come back down to earth like I expected them to. Uh, but um, Miami Heat getting really hot right now. <clears throat> and shockingly, it has nothing to do with Jimmy Butler. And then in the last bit of NBA news, <clears throat> you know, I was hoping that the uh, Detroit Pistons were going to just keep on losing. Well, they finally broke their uh, losing streak yesterday against, uh, I did not write it down. I, I can't remember who they actually beat. Oh, the Raptors. That's who they beat. Uh, so uh, congratulations, the Raptors. You are the team that ended the 28-game uh, losing streak for the Detroit Pistons. <clears throat> All right, y'all. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week of sports. And hook 'em horns, motherfucker. <laughs>